So we've become really mindful of balancing volume and quality because quality is really what's going to dictate conversion and it's, it's going to dictate how many deals you win. This is Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast, here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing, stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your full potential, this podcast is for you. I'm Danny Wasserman. And I'm Karina Owens, coming to you from the Gong Studios. Welcome to Reveal. Our guest today is none other than the sensational Lee Ann Harris. She's the Group Vice President of Demand Generation at Oracle. Karina, please give me the rundown. I didn't have a chance to hear from Lee Ann herself, but give us the highlights. Lee Ann is a powerhouse. I mean, I just cannot imagine walking into an organization like Oracle and having a team of 500 plus BDRs, inside sellers. Uh, and what she did at Oracle is pretty phenomenal. Um, and I hope she goes on the road and talks about it quite a bit because it is a testament to the power of uh, enablement, Danny, and cross-functional collaboration. She would not have been able to build this unique data science team that she did in her sales function if she wasn't um, hyper-focused on that cross-management and enablement portion. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool story. I, I think you'll really like it. As you said, 500 BDRs, I was thinking in my head, what do I have in 500 denominations? Like I don't have $500. I don't have 500 pairs of Nikes. I don't have 500 peanuts. But like to have 500 human beings that you're accountable to is wild. Yeah, unbelievably so. Uh, and I think her composure too throughout the whole episode really speaks to her ability to kind of weather the storm and a lot of different personalities. So um, I was very impressed with her pedigree and her caliber and can't wait for you to hear more from her. All right. You heard from Karina. Let's dive in. Hello. I am so thrilled for our listeners to get to hear from Lee Ann Harris, the Global Vice President of North America Cloud and Technology Demand Generation at Oracle. And I'm so impressed right away noticed your tenure at Oracle, Leanne. I would love if you could share with us just this impressive journey you've had at Oracle with our listeners today. Sure, and, and thanks for having me. Um, so I've been with Oracle 24 years, and I started out in our applications um, organization and the business development group. From there, um, I spent 16 years in apps, um, eventually um, leading the, the biz dev team for applications. And then about seven years ago, when we started to build up our cloud business, I came over to the cloud and technology group and uh, helped um, build the business development organization there and eventually took on demand generation. Amazing. Just quite uh, an extensive team that you lead there. Uh, currently, if I'm not mistaken, you run a team of 500 outbound BDRs or as you call them, BDCs. And last quarter alone, they generated over 3,000 leads. So I, I'd love to just break that down. What does a quality lead look like? And what does that mean for your team? The mission of our demand generation organization is to build quality convertible pipeline while we're developing prospecting and discovery skills, because our job is really to help um, these VDCs 
prepare them to matriculate to our field sales organizations. So for us, quality leads start with well-defined metrics, which are aligned to our sales process framework. But it's also um, the metrics are aligned to the outcomes that we need to achieve for each of the lines of businesses that we serve. And these outcomes are really important to embed within our metrics because we serve SMB, enterprise, um, government, and education. And all of these um, lines of business have different needs and different approaches. But when sync is consistent across all of our opportunities, we look for band compliance and we look for immediate and actionable next steps. And we look for well-documented opportunity intelligence. And we built a business architecture that really supports transparency across the org. So our BDCs know on a daily basis whether or not the opportunities that they create have all of the necessary elements um, to achieve what we call quality compliance. But with all of this structure, we've learned that these things alone don't necessarily guarantee quality. I love that you share that. I mean, I think it's um, it's probably one of the first breakdown in alignment between marketing and sales, right? This concept of a quality lead. So the fact that you're leading with transparency certainly I think is key to establishing that. And then as you share too, you're making sure that you're aligned with your sales process and what that lead means as it relates to how you guys go to market. So would love to just dive into that a little bit further. Why would you say a high quality lead is just a non-negotiable for you and your team? Well, we've learned over the years that, you know, we have to be really careful with the goals that we set. If you set an opportunity volume goal, you will quite often achieve that volume, but you'll see your conversion rate suffer. So we become really mindful of balancing volume and quality because quality is really what's going to dictate conversion and it's it's going to dictate how many deals you win. So we really try to balance uh, the volume aspect with quality. Was there a moment or, uh, yeah, I guess a, a moment in time where you guys realized that you needed to do a deep dive into the type of leads that you all were generating? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this happened uh, very recently. I mean, throughout uh, various means, I was noticing that a few of our BDC managers were, were struggling to answer questions about opportunities that were in their pipeline. Now, I certainly couldn't speak to all 3,000 uh, opportunities created by my team, but if the opportunities are compliant and um, have the quality that we expect and they're well-documented, I should be able to pull them up in our CRM system on the fly and answer most of the questions related to an early stage opportunity. So our managers not having ready access to the information was a red flag for me. Um, and this led to a few spot checks. And when I started spot checking the range of the opportunities that had quality attributes that were not within an acceptable margin for me was higher than I uh, really desired. So we took things a step further from there. Uh, let's let's go there. What was that next step? Yeah. So we had, um, you know, our operations team um, engage with us and we pulled five random opportunities created by BDCs under each of our frontline managers. And we did this because our frontline managers really are the first line of defense when it comes to checking for quality. We removed any information that would identify the managers, their leaders, or their lines of business. And then we gave this data set to a team of resources in my organization that's in place to teach sales methodology and to coach our um, incoming BDCs. So this group of specialists actually created a set of criteria to grade each opportunity for quality. They went through all of the opportunity intelligence that was documented on those 200 plus opportunities. 
and they provided a grade. But what they also did is they provided commentary on the attributes that led to that grade. That's uh, just amazing. Um, I'm, I'm curious too, that the choice to make the data anonymous, do you think that that was a critical factor to achieving fair results or engagement across the business? Absolutely. Having a, you know, a common set of criteria that everyone used and then, you know, removing any bias that might come into play because our managers, many of them um, have been in the organization um, for a long time. And, you know, we just wanted to make sure that there was no bias in any of the assessment of the quality. I, I think that's a beautiful choice and simply cannot be overstated. So just incredible. So what, what was the outcome of this spot check? What did you find? Well, we definitely had opportunities that met all the criteria for quality that I would expect, but we also had opportunities that didn't. And, you know, our goal is 100% of opportunities meet our quality standards. And that's because it's absolutely something that our managers can control. Um, they can ask their BDCs to further qualify a lead before it's submitted to the field rep for approval to convert it to an opportunity. So quality is fully within the realm of our manager's control. Yeah. And it, I, I feel like the biggest hurdle you then would have to face is change management. <laughs> so how did your uh, field level managers react when you informed them of your findings? You know, I mean, no one loves being inspected. So I, I know they weren't thrilled, but our managers understand that the quality um, is really key to our core mission. And um, you know, which is convertible pipeline and well-developed sales talent, but it's also key to our reputation as an organization. And if we fall down in any one line of business, everyone suffers. So, you know, the frontline managers really are the foundation of our ability and our control um, to be able to demonstrate impact and value. So I think they understood um, why we embarked upon the project. And ultimately, I think they understood the benefit that we would all gain from it. Good, good. That's great. You know, I'm wondering... This is quite a project to tackle. And so I think what comes into play next then is, well, how do you scale this? So you were able to do this for uh, coaching your team with 200 opportunities, which is quite a scale in and of itself. How are you able to do this with the 3,000 that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, well, that was really the next step. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a team of um, what we call business technologists supporting my organization. Um, it, within that team, we have a small group of data scientists. and they immediately saw an opportunity to apply to apply um, AI and ML to the problem. They know that I'm really passionate about this area. And so they recently surprised me with a project that was already underway. Ooh, I would love to hear more about this project. Please share. Yeah, so we call it the Quality Project. And the team um, actually took the, um, the scoring guides that the coaching managers developed they took the commentary um, that they provided and then they blended it with sentiment analysis and things as simple as, you know, just looking for keywords within the opportunity intelligence fields um, in our CRM system and then looking for, you know, things as easy as the number of characters um, in a field to begin to create a model that they could then train to assess quality at scale. And we intend to take this information and use it to inform our frontline managers when they need to further inspect opportunities that are being created by their BDCs. Um, so we're pretty excited about it, but I think what's you know even more exciting is just the other applications of this technology and this project 
you know, we will be able to begin finding patterns um, in these early stage opportunities that can help us shape our campaigns or potentially identify new areas of opportunity. And for me, you know, the best part is we're using our own technology here at Oracle to achieve the exact type of innovation and results from which our own customers can benefit. AI has already gained widespread adoption market. Statistics reports that 84% of marketers worldwide are using AI in their marketing strategies. Use cases include analyzing large amounts of data for insights and delivering personalized customer experiences. On the sales side, AI adoption is also growing. From research conducted by Salesforce, 37% of sales organizations reported using AI in 2020, which represents a 76% increase from 2018, just two years prior. So what impact is this having? High-performing teams are 2.8, yep, you heard it, 2.8 times more likely to use AI than underperforming teams. Bottom line, equipping your sales reps and your marketers with AI-powered tools is key to improving their respective performances. Let's get back to Karina's conversation with Leanne and hear some more. So you have the execution side and you have the strategy side with subject matter experts. Can you talk to us about why you shaped your function this way? When I took this role, um, I discussed with a leader of our, our North America cloud and tech organization, you know, how we could evolve the organization so that we could increase the ramp time to productivity and then create a bigger impact for our field sellers. From a personal standpoint, I wanted people to stop thinking about our early career professionals as kids and, and really treat them like a valuable part of the sales ecosystem. And for this to happen, we had to change the way that we enable the BDCs and we had to raise our own expectations. And every time that we've done this, the BDCs have risen to the challenge, but to do it really well, it takes, a, it takes a village for sure. And that village is um, the team I referred to earlier, which we call our demand capture services teams. It also includes our corporate enablement teams. And you know these are tenured resources with um, solution um, and subject matter expertise, but also sales methodology expertise. And they create the programs that blend our sales methodology with our solution messaging. And then we deliver these programs um, through an eight-week um, campaign process uh, targeting specific segments and personas. So each week, as we're going through the life cycle of an eight-week campaign, we break it down and we reinforce sales methodology. We have the BDC's practice um, and role play, and then we have them apply uh, everything that they've learned by reaching out to customers and prospects with the messaging. This repetition and this execution with different solutions, you know, every eight weeks, it builds that critical skill set that they need kind of embeds it into their muscle memory, which is also, you know, at the same time building pipeline for the organization. That is an incredible amount of enablement that you're doing here. And it's it's very impressive because change management uh, can be one of the hardest things to overcome as you're looking to roll out new process or new technology. I'm curious, what would you say was your biggest lesson learned while building out this new function? It always comes back to people, right? I mean, as, as with most things in life, it starts with building relationships. You know, the data is everywhere, but to really leverage it, to harness it, you know, whether it's for insights or, or for the actions that result from the insights, you have to have people around you who understand your business and they also understand the incremental value that, that can be achieved from, you know, a data-driven approach. So 
you know, as I mentioned earlier, my business technology team, they didn't really wait for me to ask what we, you know, now call the quality project. They knew our business inside and out. They were watching and observing the manual process and they saw an opportunity to apply technology and bring something to scale. You know, that was amazing for me to watch. And then, you know, our solution experts through participating and developing the programs and campaigns that I mentioned, you know, they started sitting on discovery calls with our BDCs. And before long, you know, just because of their expertise, they were able to find ways to grow those opportunities, even in the early stages. And then they also started creating value models that could help our customers quantify the benefits of Oracle technology, you know, so that they could be more comfortable that their investment is going to yield a successful outcome. So, you know, for me, it starts with motivated people. It starts with the best technology and, and, and that's a given when you work here at Oracle. So I would imagine keeping this team and this function, you know, running as efficiently as possible is something that's probably very sacred and near and dear to you. So when you guys are looking to scale and grow this team or bring in uh, maybe somebody join the team from outside of Oracle, what would you say is the number one trait or skill set that you're looking for when you're looking to bring somebody new into the org? I think by far it's, it's curiosity, um, whether it's on the demand generation side of the house with our early career professionals or, you know, whether it's with our tenured resources of demand capture services. You know, we want everyone to be curious about the business. We're fully transparent with how we operate, with the value that we're adding. And we want people to dig in and look for opportunities to improve. So we're, we're constantly trying to raise our own bar. I love that. Well, Leanne, this has been so informative and so appreciate you letting us get a peek inside this incredible function and growth engine that you've built at Oracle. For all of our listeners out there, if they wanted to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more about what you're doing at Oracle, what would be the best way for them to reach out or find you? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach out. Okay, perfect. Well, listeners, you heard it here first. Leanne Harris at Oracle. You can find her on LinkedIn. Leanne, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate your time and your insight. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Reveal. If you want more resources on how revenue intelligence can help you create high-performing sales teams, head on over to gong.io. And if you like what you heard, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. 